Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon and a happy Friday. You and yours. Hope everybody's doing great as we get ready for a weekend in this part of the world. It's college baseball time as the World Series is underway. PCU and Oral Roberts getting things started. They're scoreless through three innings. Florida will take the field this evening. LSU will be the nightcap on Saturday as they'll take on the Tennessee Volunteers at 6 our time. And, of course, you can listen to the ball game right here on the game. Uh, we've got a fun-filled Friday planned for you and yours. Lots of lots of baseball talk, uh, obviously, and other various and sundry topics to delve into. My main man, James Mesh, in the producer's chair inside the Evco Development Studios. Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. It's on the campus of Delta Media, which is where you'll find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're on KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles. We're streaming all over the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can... Turn your television sets on because we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, um, Dylan Cruz wins another award, the Bobby Bragan National Collegiate Slugger Award presented by SR Bats. They announced that Dylan Cruz today from LSU has won the 2023 award as the nation's top college baseball hitter. Cruz will be honored at a gala in the fall in Fort Worth. Um, the Bobby Bragan Youth Foundation created this award, open to nominations from all Division I baseball programs in the country. The award is based on performance at the plate, academics, and personal integrity. LSU and Tennessee get ready to square off. Um, so they are familiar with one another. The Tigers are 48 and 15, Tennessee 43 and 20. Saturday will mark the fourth time this season the two have met. LSU defeated the Volunteers twice in a three game series at the end of March. In Baton Rouge, LSU, although it has been not been announced, will most certainly start Paul Skeens against the Volunteers on Saturday. He's been the best pitcher in college baseball, a 46.3% strikeout percentage. But he also dominated Tennessee's lineup back on March the 30th. He had 12 strikeouts and allowed just one earned run in seven innings pitched that night. Remember, it was a it was a who's who of, of Major League Baseball scouts that were at the box because it was a matchup of what many believe were two of the best pitchers in baseball, Skeens 
along with Tennessee's ace starter, Chase Dolander. And you would think that Dolander would be the starter tomorrow, but that is not the case. Tennessee is rolling with right-handed pitcher Andrew Lindsay instead. Tennessee coach Tony Vitello signaled that on Thursday. Uh, Lindsay was one of the Vols' top relievers to start the year. He came out of the bullpen in game two for Tennessee against LSU, but he was moved to the rotation in the second half of the season. He's been really, really good. Really good. Lindsay, not Dolander, started Tennessee's first game of the Hattiesburg Super Regional. Um, he did allow four earned runs against Southern Miss in that Super Regional. Um, Lindsay pitched well the last time Tennessee faced LSU. He surrendered just one earned run in four and two-thirds innings pitched in Baton Rouge. So we shall see. Meanwhile, Jake Johnson, um, you know, he's been to Omaha before. He calls Omaha his favorite place in the world. He said this team is close-knit. This team is uh, together. He has complete faith in them. He's proud to bring this group to Omaha. And Jake Johnson says, Man, not only does he love to, but he is addicted to winning. Yeah, I mean, relative to like Omaha and the College World Series, I grew up in a small town and, and playing Major League Baseball might as well have been going to the moon. You know what I mean? But, you know, when you watch the College World Series, whether it was LSU, Texas, Stanford, like that kind of seemed like a realistic goal. And so that was probably the first thought. I mean, football is my first love, no question about that. Um, but I realized really quickly, very good high school player. There wasn't many five foot seven, 165 pound running backs running around the SEC or the Pac-12 or that sort of thing. So it was just this is the way it was going to be, and you know, got to play college baseball, and then you know, becoming a coach was really the only option. You know, I'm I'm addicted to winning. I'm addicted to um, developing programs and helping players achieve their goals, and um, it was just the route that it was going to be, and. You know, it's really awesome to be able to do it at, at LSU. I mean, because I view our university, our program is, is the pinnacle of the sport. Well said, head coach Jay Johnson. Um, Thatcher Hurd um, will play a pivotal role at some point in time in this College World Series. And, of course, Dylan Cruz, most important player on the field day in and day out for LSU. They have gone up against Tennessee they have um, seen what they do, and they've followed them throughout the course of the season. Here are the two and their thoughts on the Volunteers. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, a lot of the SEC teams, you know, we see them in conference, and we see them in the SEC tournament, saw them in the postseason. So uh, just about playing our baseball and uh, staying true to what we know. Yeah, you know, very good team. You know, I have a total respect for them. You know, great program. Definitely know how to win, so uh, you know we got to play our best baseball uh, for this game. Um, you know, great pitching staff. You know, we uh, we saw them early in the year, so kind of have an idea uh, going into this game. Um, but yeah, like I said, uh, got to play our best best baseball right now. So best baseball right now. That's uh, no question about that. Round two of the U.S. Open Golf Ch Championship. At the Los Angeles Country Club underway, there's a new leader, uh, Wyndham Clark. Three under for the day through 12 holes. He's at nine under for the tournament. Xander Shoffley, eight under. Ricky Fowler, eight under. Have yet to tee off in round number two. Sam Bennett, 
is two under through 11 holes. He is at five under. So lots of golf yet to be played. And um, Rory McIlroy, who was at minus uh, five under par, has gone the opposite direction. Uh, he is plus two through the first nine holes of round number two. He has dropped down to three under par for the tournament. So stay tuned. Lots of lots of golf let yet yet to be played. Um, the NBA has banned Memphis Grizzly guard Ja Morant, suspended him for 25 games to start the 23-24 season because of conduct detrimental to the league. Um a lot of people thought it might be a little bit more than that, but he's uh, he's losing 25 games without pay, so that's about $7.5 million. You have to participate in X amount of games to be eligible for any postseason awards. Even if he plays every game after the suspension, it won't be enough, so he won't win any postseason awards either. And we'll see if John Morant can learn his lesson from this one. Um, Michael Jordan's rule of the Charlotte Hornets is coming to an end as he has agreed to sell his majority stake in the club to a group led by Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall for approximately $3 billion. The transaction ends Jordan's 13-year run as a majority owner. It's not a bad investment on his part. Um, once the sale is complete, uh, Jordan will keep a minority stake and maintain a presence with the franchise. He paid $275 million for a majority stake in the franchise in 2010. And now $3 billion later, um, smart businessman, one Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Like that. Yes, indeed. All right. Busy, busy, busy day planned for you and yours. We're heading out to Omaha in just a few minutes. Bill Frankes will join us and take give us the lay of the land of things and how the Tigers are faring so far. Anthony Renato will join us after that. Uh, he got the starting nod back in the day when LSU won a national championship back in 2009, the last one the Tigers won. He's very familiar with the process and everything. He'll share his thoughts on his journey and the Tigers of present day journey. And then hour number two, the regular crowd shuffles in. George Faust will join us. George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will make some picks along the way. We'll share a very special birthday wish to a, a, a really good player in college. Never thought he'd be this good, a former Tiger this good in the NFL. But he might be the best of the best at his position. All these stories and more coming your way on this Friday. Cannot wait. We'll return in just a minute, and our coverage of LSU baseball at the College World Series begins. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to take your lady out for a nice dinner, but you're low on cash? No worries. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. 
As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Takehouse and a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, both located at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. You can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to The Jordy Holberg Show. This is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. And we are back on this Friday, June 16th, one day away before the start of the College World Series for LSU. The series has begun uh, TCU and Oral Roberts scoreless in the fourth. Uh, Oral Roberts just let off the inning with a uh, double past the third baseman, so maybe they got something going. For all the success LSU's had in Omaha, all those games were played at Rosenblatt Stadium. Um, through all the Skip Bertman wins, even through Paul Maneri's win, uh, the final year at Rosenblatt was in 2010. And now they've shifted over to a new stadium since then. And LSU hopes to uh, crack that eggshell and win one in Charles Schwab Stadium. Bill Frankes has been to every one of these uh, journeys when LSU made the trip to what affectionately is termed LSU North. And he is there yet again this year and joins us. Bill, this never gets old, does it? No, not at all, Jordy, especially when there's been a six-year hiatus. Uh, you know, of course, I'm very familiar with the, the city of Omaha, but none of our players uh, have been here as LSU Tigers. Uh, yep. There are three players on the squad who have been here with other schools, uh, Riley Cooper, Bryce Collins with Arizona, and Christian Little with Vanderbilt. And, of course, Jay Johnson has been here with Arizona. He's led Arizona here on two occasions. But, for the, you know, obviously the, the large majority of these guys, it's all new to them. So I know that they're so excited to be here. Uh, you know, it's just the city of Omaha just such a does such a great job in embracing this yeah. event, and and they they treat the team so well, and uh, it's just it's it's a memorable experience for all the student athletes, no matter no matter the outcome of the games. Uh, I know all these guys are going to go home with some great memories, and uh, yeah, we're very excited to be back here, and. Uh, Personally, it, it, it's a wonderful experience for me, obviously, and uh, yeah, we can't wait to play. You know, we just uh, came off the practice field a little while ago, Jordy, and you know, Jay said they've had some great workouts here. Everything's gone according to plan. He said, but now it's time to play, and they're, they're ready yeah. to go. So definitely looking forward to tomorrow night. Uh, do they go to the ballpark and watch some of the games, or do they just stay far yeah. away from that? No, no. Actually, uh, Jay said he encourages the players to, to go. Uh, they, they don't go as a team, but guys are uh, able to go on their own if they want to. The beauty of this year, Jordy, we're staying at the Omaha Hilton, which is literally one block away from Charles oh. Schwab Field. So it's, it's okay. a fairly easy walk uh, to go to the stadium. So uh, that the team had a, had a team meal after practice this afternoon, then from that point on, they're going to have some free time, and, and they're, they're able, if they want to, they're able to walk over to the stadium and, and catch some of the action. As you said, TCU Oral Roberts going on right now. Tonight, Florida plays Virginia. And uh, Jay said he encourages that because it, it, it maybe kind of get, gets them acclimated to what it's going to sound like, what it's going to look like uh, with the crowd. 
of course, yesterday the team, all the eight teams, were able to practice on the field and and, and get an idea of how the ball, ballpark plays and the, the dimensions and the, the surface. But of course, the stadium was mostly empty tonight. At least it kind of gives you a, a different perspective on what it sounds like and what kind of a, uh, atmosphere they'll be playing in uh, beginning tomorrow night. I think of the movie Hoosiers when that little small school uh, got to the state yeah. championship game and they played in in Butler's uh, arena. Um, I wonder when the LSU players walked on the field. Alec Box is a huge stadium, but I mean this yeah. place is even bigger. Did they kind of yeah. look around and go, "Wow, this is this is pretty cool"? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, a lot of the guy, even um, I believe it was Dylan yesterday, Dylan Cruz yesterday in the press conference commented about how you know we play in the best in front of the best fans in the best stadium in college baseball but he said we're going to be playing this week in a, in a stadium that's double it may be even close to triple the size of yeah. the, the fans that we see in alec box stadium here at charles schwab field yeah these these guys are definitely aware that uh, it's going to be alex box times about uh, 10 uh this weekend <laughs> and alex box north that 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 comment or that phrase has been used already Jordy. it was it was used a lot back in the 90s but alex box north right. is what uh some folks are That's referring right. to or calling charles schwab field <laughs> um have you seen the influx i mean lsu fans love omaha omaha loves yeah. lsu fans yeah. are they yeah. arri- are they arriving in droves they're starting we're starting to see more now Jordy. we got here wednesday afternoon of course uh you know pretty early uh Team worked out at Creighton University that day. Uh, yesterday, as I said earlier, all the teams worked out at Charles Schwab Field. And today, when I got back from the hotel, when I got back to the hotel from practice. I noticed for the first time an almost full parking garage here at the hotel. So that indicates to me that the droves are starting to come. That we're starting to see the influx of, of LSU fans. I'm sure the lobby and, and the hotel area, the hotel bars down here, are going to be pretty. Lively starting tonight, I would imagine, yeah. and on uh, throughout the course of the College World Series. But yeah, oh. we expect uh, we expect a huge crowd tomorrow night. LSU Tennessee, you know, oh, certainly great. LSU has a huge following, but the people of Omaha always come out, especially on that Saturday night game. So I would yeah. I would anticipate a crowd into over twenty five to twenty six thousand people. That's awesome. That is awesome. You've been there. You've seen the master. Uh, of the game um, when you got to the College World Series in Skip Burton. You saw yes. uh, Paul Maneri, who won one and took another team to the to the to near the mountaintop, losing to Florida yep. in, the, in the championship series. And now you see the way Jake Johnson is handling things. How, how, how do you compare, contrast how he's handling things compared to those that have had success before him? You know, I guess the the biggest difference in in my world, Jordy, is you know working with the media. Of course, is that you know yeah. Jay's not quite as open as far as allowing media access to practice as Skip and okay. Paul were. But he still he still like for instance, here's an example today. Uh, practice started at eleven, but he asked me to ask the media to wait until about twelve fifteen, twelve thirty before they showed up. And once they showed up, then he allowed them to to come down the field and, and shoot. Uh, with their cameras and to observe okay. practice. So that's a little bit of a difference. And, and then, then he did talk to the media afterwards along with a couple of players. So there, there's there's still plenty of access for the media, just a little bit different, maybe a, a little bit more limited uh, than 
the media who've covered LSU have, have been used to in the past. But I think as far as preparation is concerned, uh, he's very, as you know, very meticulous, very detail-oriented. And he feels like one, maybe one aspect that's lost in this is how important practice is while you're at the College World Series, even as you advance deeper into the tournament. He pointed out that back in 2013, uh, when UCLA won it, uh, their coach, John Savage, that one of the keys to them winning was how well they practiced while they were in Omaha. So I think Jay has put a lot of emphasis on that, on, on making the making sure there are quality practices, trying to limit the distractions as much as you can. They're going to be distractions, but try to focus uh, here in Omaha at practice as you would if you were practicing at the box. And he feels like that will be something that could benefit the team uh, once the games begin. Attention to detail. Uh, we've yes. seen Paul Skeen's already uh, won some awards. We've seen Dylan Cruz win another award yep. uh, today. Um, and these awards aren't just for their performance on the field, but their leadership right. roles, their academic roles, their community roles. Are these kids as 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 good as as, as they get? <laughs> I think I think so, Jordy. You know, I've had the great fortune all these years that I've been with baseball program to work with some fantastic kids you know yeah. super students um you know, great role models community service uh participants but uh, yeah this, this team's pretty special to have two players on the same team like dylan cruz and paul Skeens. not only two of the best players in lsu history but also yeah. two of the best young men we've had in, in this program you know it's really cool today uh paul uh, was formally presented with the Dick Hauser Trophy. It, it was announced yesterday that he had won. Right. He was formally presented with the trophy today, and the first LSU player to win that award was Eddie Furness 25 years yep. ago. And Eddie attended the presentation today uh, at the stadium, nice. and that was it was so great. Uh, Eddie and his nice. wife and one of his children were here, and uh, Eddie spoke uh, before Paul received the trophy. And I thought about the fact that, you know, Eddie Furness is one of those guys who epitomized what a student athlete should be. And he hasn't changed a bit. Naturally, he's an established uh, physician now in his hometown of Nacogdoches, Texas. But he was just so gracious and spoke so highly of what that award meant and what how how well Paul epitomized everything that the award stands for. So, yeah, we've been very fortunate over the years to have guys like Eddie Furness and now guys like Paul and Dylan who, who represent the program extremely well that's awesome um you've seen tennessee um they went on the road yeah. and uh took care of southern miss in a one game winner take all and did it rather rather convincingly yeah. you know every team that's there is a good team so lsu has to play very very well but they got that workhorse on the mound um hey, it's hard to bet against them it is jordy uh you know Tennessee is a super talented club. I think I think everyone's well aware of, of what they've accomplished yeah. the last three years. Uh, they they of course beat LSU in the Super Regional in twenty one and advanced here to Omaha last year. They were arguably the best team in the country for the entire season, but then yeah. fell short in their Super Regional against Notre Dame. Notre Dame upset them this year. A lot, a lot of their top players back, especially their pitchers, got off to a bit of a slow start in SEC play. But now I'd say the last four or five weeks of the season. Uh, they've been one of the best teams in the country, and it's not really a surprise because, as Jay said, they have major leaguers all over the place, yeah. especially in that pitching staff. So this is going to be a big-time challenge. I'd say the, our, our bracket, I think most would agree that LSU's side of the bracket is definitely the toughest. I mean, you've got yes. Tennessee, 
You've got the yes. number one team in the nation in Wake Forest, and you've got an extremely potent offensive club in Stanford, which won the Pac-12. Stanford features both the Pac-12 Player of the Year and the Pac-12 Pitcher of the Year. So, man, it's going to be a it's going to be a climb to get out of this bracket just to reach the finals. But uh, LSU certainly has, has a great opportunity, especially with number twenty Skeens on the mound. We would anticipate that's going to happen. Jay hasn't officially said, but certainly right. we expect to see Skeens on the mound tomorrow. Well, as one um, pundit said that I that I value, he, he called it the most talent-rich college World Series ever. Yes. There's great yes. players across the board. It makes it for even more fun. It's going to be great crowds. LSU will, will show up. Bill, I hope, I hope we have to increase or uh, expand your jewelry box after this one yeah. to add a, <laughs> to add another ring to it. So, that would be uh, and now they're making these rings where you can take the top off. So your wife can get that around a ch- necklace and you can keep the ring. So they're getting, they're, they're getting oh, really okay. smart on how they make these yeah. rings now. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's good. That's great. Yeah, I'm glad the technology has advanced Chiefs. all these years. That's fantastic. I just saw the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl rings, and you can take the oh, top yeah. of it off and give it to your wife, and you get the the base. Nice. And, yeah. So it's a win win. Right. So, so Pat, hopefully, so Patrick Mahomes and me may have something in common if, if with the Tigers win. Absolutely, absolutely. One last question. <laughs> I mean, you've been there since what? When's the first time LSU went? Eighty six. So 86 was the first time, that's 86 and 87, first two times. I was not there then. However, I was there okay. shortly after. 89 was my first time uh, okay. to travel here with LSU. And, and Ben McDonald's uh, final year, Ben yeah. was the, was the uh, number one draft pick that year. Yeah. So, yeah, 89 is where, where it all started yeah. for me. How much has that city grown since you first got there? Yeah, it's it's amazing how different everything is. Uh, yeah, know, it's funny. Last night they had an event for the team in this uh, beautiful uh, performing arts center with all the latest technology as far as sound and lights and uh, mm. music. And I remember when this when I first started, the team event was a little barbecue under some tents in the parking lot of, of Rosenblatt Stadium. It's a, it's just amazing how everything is, is so much bigger now. There's so much more attention on college baseball overall, and especially here in the College World Series, more media coverage, uh, just uh, you know, more fan interest. I think it's it's just grown tremendously, and that's a real credit to um, the city of Omaha and the and the people here in this community who just do such a great job yeah. in embracing it. Well, I'm thrilled for LSU being back. I'm thrilled for you being back. It just seems like. Everything's right when the in the world when LSU is yep. in home. Oh, um, yes. hope you oh, yeah. I hope you packed for a lot of days. I hope you stayed for a yeah. lot of days and let's see <laughs> what happens. But uh it'll all get started tomorrow and it's gonna be uh, electric at the Schwab yes. or Alec yes. Box North. So Bill, thank you for your time. Go enjoy all the festivities and good luck. All right, man. Thank you so much, Jordy. Right. You're the best. Bill Frank is live in Omaha. One of those World Series champs joins us next, Anthony Renato. Stay with us. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Looking for great deals? And look no further than AcadianaDeals.com. There are plenty of two-for-one deals available right now. You can get a $30 voucher to La Hacienda for only $15. You can score a $15 voucher to Pizza Artista for only $7.50. And starting today, you'll be able to get a $40 voucher to Misfits Dine and Drink 
for only 20 bucks. Once again, visit AcadianaDeals.com to take advantage of these deals and so many more. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show, live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back, and better than ever, um, we're efforting to get uh, Anthony Renato. Of course, Anthony uh, helped LSU win College World Series uh, back in um, 2009. And so we want to get his his thoughts on um, the approach and, you know, what, what Paul Skeens is thinking right now because – LSU's counting on. Okay, we got him. We got him. Boy, I'm trying to text and and talk at the same time, but we got Anthony Renato, so all is good in the world. Big fella, thanks for the time today, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Sorry about the technical difficulty. I got the voicemail, but no call, so, but excited to be here with you. Thank you again for having me on, man. I'm excited. All right, it's all good. Uh, take us back. You were, um, you were the guy. Um, in for the Tigers in the College World Series, uh, and you know you were third in the NCAA in strikeouts. You were such a critical player. And the last time LSU won a national championship, try and try and put us in the shoes of these LSU players the day before they get ready to play in arguably the biggest game of their life. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to me for me to imagine some of their shoes because some of those guys are so much better than I ever was. And um, that's not a knock on me, just kind of a, you know, appreciation of how good they are. So I think mm-hmm. that they're probably going to handle it differently than my first night in Omaha. You know, um, I was a freshman when I was there and I wasn't, you know, as integral as some of those guys and um, as advanced as some of those guys are. So uh, I think that they're excited. They're ready. There's probably some nerves and some some awe and excitement, you know, from them. So I, I'm expecting to see the first couple innings, maybe some a little bit of nerves, uh, that kind of stuff. I don't think I'll see that from Skeens because I think he's just a different breed. And you know, Cruz, same thing, kind of the leaders. Um, and hopefully that just kind of exudes throughout the whole team. But uh, there's a lot of excitement, a lot of energy, um, and just a lot of unpredictability and, and excitement. Really, that's the, that's the best. Omaha is just really a dream come true for for college kids. Uh, LSU practice today. Um, they got games going on as we speak. TCU and Oral Roberts, and then uh, Florida will play uh, this evening. Did you go to the ballpark and watch the other teams play, or did you want to just stay away and stay maybe with family or friends, or how did you handle it? Yeah, no, we stayed away. I think maybe some of the families went over there and stuff and enjoyed it, but. When we were there, it was a little bit of a chore to get to the stadium and stuff. And uh-huh. um, my second year, we won the championship. We were fortunate enough to be in Old Town right there. So there was so much stuff to do. We were walking around. We had a great hotel. And honestly, we had you know the best fans in the world with LSU baseball. So there were a ton of fans there that we would be able to eat with. Our families were hanging out. There were, we were tailgating. Okay. Um, but we were usually watching the games on the TV and the air conditioning and, and just kind of prepping for the next game. <laughs> It's amazing. It's not like football that's isolated completely. It's not like basketball that is isolated. Baseball, it's such a it's such a good vibe feeling. Get to eat with your family, your friends, go do things, and then you go play yep. ball. Man, I, I, I missed that. You know, I got to a final four and we man, we were isolated. We didn't get to see our family till till after the thing was over. Yeah, I think about that for the Super Bowl for the guys, man. I'm like, I feel like it sounds like more stressful 
than anything. And that's what the beauty of the College World Series when I really think that's why we won it my, my second year. My first year, we were in this hotel that was literally 30 minutes away from the field. So we were in the middle of mm. nowhere. The experience yeah. just wasn't the same. Um, but that second year, just being in Old Town, having a nice Embassy Suites hotel where there was a lobby and you could go yeah. get you know food and drinks and coffee with people and just see all the fans that knew you were staying there and everything. Um, I mean, just even getting off the buses, there was fans lined up around the hotels. They had to put security out there and everything, just trying to support us and show us love. So uh, it really is a great vibe. And you're walking around Old Town, people recognize you, know you, and stuff. So for these kids, this is a, this is a dream come true, and probably the best week or days of their their you know their lives. Omaha fans that go to these games, do they put on LSU hats? Are, I mean, are y'all like the adopted sons of that city? Oh, George. You would love it. You and I got to take a trip up there sometime. I think you and I would love it. They love LSU fans. They have LSU bars. Um, and I'm telling you, it, it was really cool for me. I think in 2014 or 2015, I played for the uh, Texas Rangers. And yeah. AAA, we had to go out to Omaha, and we played the Omaha team there. Um, and Lewis Coleman was actually on the Omaha team, and he knew a bunch of people from Omaha because they love LSU. Wow. And so he took me to an LSU bar in Omaha where the owner loved LSU and he let us smoke cigars in the back with him and stuff one night. It was really cool. So, I mean, when LSU is there, Omaha people are just in a great mood. They know that the city is going to be rocking and LSU fans are just great. You know, they get along with everybody and they bring good energy. So um, it really is a great time for an LSU fan out there. And then the locals love it too. I went there once. I was there to see Warren Morris hit the home run. I said, I don't need to go back ever again. What? Um, yeah, no, you can't top that. Okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been there. I, you know, I, I was working the the uh, sports desk on a ABC affiliate in Baton Rouge, and I had to cover it. And uh, I just said, "Wow!" And look, it was amazing that we went to a bunch of places, and we had some fun in that town. Um, oh yeah, but that was. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how you can top that one, but I'm willing to give it a try. If I go with you, I'll do it. Um, that's what I'm saying. You know, and it's a new stadium. Out, so we got to experience like the new stadium. That's what it is. Yeah, I like to I like to talk to people that are smarter than me in a sport, and uh, so I can learn more. And I would do that with you. Speaking of that, um, you've seen Tennessee. That was a much ballyhooed series that mm-hmm. LSU won two out of three in. Um, they've got that bravado about them, and I, I think they're a dangerous opponent. But we got Paul Skeens pitching. And I, I, you know, I, I just, it's hard to bet against the dude. That's what it is, man. I, I, I agree. Tennessee is, I said that when they were a two seed, I said, that's a really bad matchup, you know, just for anybody. I, I was so surprised and um, yeah, they, they got deep pitching. They have great arms. Uh, I don't know if Dollinger um, Dollinger is going to start against Skeens, but He's I hope not. he does because I think that would be a great matchup. And uh, but like not. you said, I think anytime you have Paul Skeens, you got the best player in the country, best pitcher in the country, and probably the best overall player in the country on your team. Um, you know, I feel good about the Tigers. I'm a betting man, so I'll, I'll be taking the Tigers and backing them. But yeah, it's Tennessee is dangerous, and, they, and they, you're right. They got that energy, that swag about them, and it'll be interesting to see how the game goes. Allender is not going to start. Uh, Tony Vitello oh, nice. said yesterday they're going with the right-hander, Andrew Lindsay. He was the guy that came out of the bullpen in game two, picked, uh, gave up one earned run in four and two-thirds innings. They moved him into the, the weekend rotation midway through the season or a little bit after that. Uh, and he started Tennessee's first game in the Hattiesburg Super Regional. So I guess Fatello feels good about him. Or could it possibly be, well, you know, you know, do you want to throw your ace against the best pitcher in baseball? I don't know. 
don't know. I know that's tough, and that's where it's. But you're right. That's been kind of their strategy, though. Halfway through the year, they, they, you know, he he wasn't that Friday guy for them anymore. And I think I know why. Yeah. You know, if you've watched his starts, I've I've locked in. I, I enjoy watching him pitch. He's got great stuff, but um, he consistently struggles in the first, you know, inning, two innings, something like that. Um, so I think you know, if if you're a, if that's the Friday guy, if that's the guy that's starting your first game in Omaha, right? Like, and he gets into some trouble. Yeah. I understand from their perspective how you know it, it could be different. Do you have more confidence as a picture? Because they call Charles Schwab a picture-friendly ballpark. Both LSU, <laughs> Tennessee hit a ton of home runs this year. Does that equate? Does that transfer over to Charles Schwab? Or is LSU going to have to knock in runs with singles and doubles? Uh, that's a, that is interesting. It really is because I- – ballparks are true like and and if it's not a you know if it's a pitcher friendly park that is LSU might have to change their offense I think the good thing mm-hmm. is LSU has legit home run hitters I'm not saying you know other teams have wall scrapers and stuff like that but some teams play in band boxes you know and 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 the ball flies there and, and their numbers can be skewed LSU has legit hitters so I I feel even gap to gap like their their, their power is going to play um so I think that I'm not, I'm less concerned about that from an LSU standpoint I think we're going to be fine the bats have been swinging it well They've been super clutch, and, and um, they've kind of put some of those woes behind us, you know, at least in the last couple of games. So uh, I'm excited to see what they do and, and see if that big ballpark plays uh, and see how, they, see how they match up with it. Jake Johnson said that uh, in fall ball, Paul Skeens was hitting the ball out the ballpark like crazy. He said if he'd been an everyday player, he did 20 home runs this year. His high school coach has had several guys get to the big leagues. He says he hits it harder and further than anybody. Dare I say, could Skeens cap off his career at LSU and pull off a, um, uh, I can't remember his first name, Peterson, who was a pitcher yeah. that slapped, you know, that hit the ball, lied to Maneri and said he'd hit all the time before in high school, <laughs> never hit before. Could Skeens grab a bat? What do you think? I see zero chance of that, Jordy. If it hasn't happened to this point, I say no shot. I would love it. There would be nothing more uh, that would make my year to, than to see Paul Skeens hit a 500-foot homer. I've heard about him. Um, I had him on my podcast earlier in the year, and we talked about it, and he said it was happening at some point this year. Um, but I but I called BS in the jump. You know, I kind of figured it was – he's too good of an arm to risk that during the season, any kind of injury. Um, but maybe in Omaha, you never know. That would be fun. I'll, yeah, I'll be looking for I'm it. I'd be excited about it. Almanary did it once, so yep. you never know. Um, never know. Gavin, uh, we'll close out on this one, and I greatly appreciate your time. Um, Gavin Gidry appears to be the guy who's going to uh, get the ball eighth eighth inning, maybe eighth, ninth inning. Uh, he's the closer. What do you think of him? I love it right now. And, and to me, this is exactly what LSU does. You know, like throughout the year, um, guys step into certain roles, especially pivotal ones and stuff. And I absolutely love the way that Gidry is embracing that role. He looks a little crazy out there. He's talking to himself on the mound. He's pounding his chest. Like <laughs> I don't know. It fires me up, and it gives me confidence that he's going to get the last couple outs, or at least you know, in clutch situations, perform. Uh, you know, give it his best. So I like him. I love that he's a freshman and and he's just in there doing his thing. So yeah, I'm excited. I think it's cool. Yeah, he, uh, he's got that bender that works a little bit, doesn't he? Does. It? You know, he's got that front door bender, too. He He's kind of perfected that curveball to righties where he throws it on, like, the inside part of the plate to righties, and they give up on it. So he steals a lot of strikes, and he get, he can get ahead in the count. Or if he's behind, he can even it up pretty easily by stealing a strike where the righties give up on that breaking ball that's inside. 
I guess it's it's true like in any sport in baseball as well. You get on this biggest stage, you just gotta whoo, get through that first inning and then it just becomes another game, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. You know, the stakes are always higher and the energy is always there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just like anything else you've done. It's just, you know, stakes are a little higher. There's more people in the stands. The games matter more. You might go home tomorrow. So just a matter of how you respond to pressure and some of the great ones do the best under those situations. So I'm excited to see what it brings out of the guys. It'll be fun. Once a champion, always a champion. It's Anthony Renato, 2000. It's been too long, man. It's time for the Tigers to climb that mountain again. Um, too long. We need to pass the torch. And look, Jared Mitchell and I were talking about it. Yeah, it's time. So many, so many people call this arguably the greatest lineup in college baseball. Um, yep. If they don't scale the mountaintop, is this a major disappointment? <sighs> I feel like anytime you get to Omaha, you you say you can't say it's a disappointment, but okay. I think how they perform in Omaha would kind of determine that. I think you know if they if they you know, bust their butts and they, they get to the championship series and they fall short. Sometimes baseball is baseball, man. And, and there's better teams or on that given day, you know, you never, you run into somebody's best game. That's baseball. So I don't think it would be a disappointment. I think they got to Omaha. They hosted a regional and super regional. They gave the fans everything that they wanted. You know, they've performed. We have the, the player of the year. We have the probably two players of the year and, and the number one and two right. overall pick. I can't see how it's a disappointment. I think they're going to put a great product out there, you know, tomorrow night and, I think that's all you can ask for as a fan. So I would love to see them, you know, hold the title and everything and, and stuff. But sometimes yeah. baseball happens. So as much as I want it yep. to happen, um, sometimes things are out of your control. Fair enough. Anthony Renato, World Series champ with the Tigers in 2009. Um, man, can't wait for tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Is it ever going to get be. here? It should be fun. Thank you so very much for your time and your, your, um, your candor. I greatly appreciate it. Always, man. It really is a pleasure. So thank you again. You got it, buddy. Thank you, Anthony Renato. Kind enough to join us um, as our coverage of LSU baseball rolls on. Don't forget now, we've got some good news from my boy RP3. As RP3 and company is heading to Omaha for the College World Series. Raymond will be broadcasting live from downtown Omaha Monday morning. He'll recap LSU's first game at the College World Series, preview game number two on Monday, and of course he'll take your phone call. So tune in Monday morning as RP3 and company broadcasting live from Omaha. I know he's going to be eating those steaks. Everybody does. All right, we'll be back. Stay with us. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets. Over 60 of them in southern and central Louisiana. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you can't shop right at all. Buy Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. Buy Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device. It helps you lose those unwanted inches and permanent fat reduction. Eon in Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery, so many chances to win, but you can't win until you start playing and playing responsibly. By D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home with the best cheeseburger I've ever eaten, and by Cajun Chef. Ah, do yourself a flavor. Turn up the, um, turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. 
They say shooters shoot. He's a man who shoots from the hip, and a man who's hip when he shoots. And no one shoots more from the hip when it comes to sports talk than the Blonde Bomber. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Picture-friendly ballpark? Forget about it. Oral Roberts just hit a two-run homer. McCroskey, their shortstop, just hit a two-run homer in the top of the six. And Oral Roberts now leads TCU 2-1. to one. Take it out the yard. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, indeed. Um, so two to one, top of the sixth, Oral Roberts over the Horned Frogs of TCU. The U.S. Open, let's get you an update on the leaderboard there. Um, Wyndham Clark, eight under par. He dropped a stroke, so he's now two under through 16 Shoffley Fowler set to tee off later on this afternoon. Harris English, four under through 17. He is now at seven under par for the tournament. Sam Bennett is at six under. Dustin Johnson is one over through 16. He is at five over par. Uh, Rory McIlroy is... um, Even par for the day, five under par for the tournament. Much more on that. Hour number two straight ahead here on the Jordy Helpert Show. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two and away we go on a Friday. Hey, June 16th, the year 2023. Yes, indeed. Oh, yes, indeed. College World Series is underway. Round two of the U.S. Open, underway. We know that John Morant's NBA season will not be underway right away we'll talk about this and much much more as i introduce my main man james mesh inside the evco development studios as the producer of this fine program evco development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction it's on the campus of delta media there you will find klwb which is 1037 lafayette we're on klcj 1041 in lake charles Streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on as we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. <laughs> Wherever you may be, you're going to be tuning in Saturday at 6 p.m. Central Time, our time, to LSU Baseball versus Tennessee. I will be in Orlando, Florida, watching the game. Uh, with my daughter because she's going to be in the AAU National Volleyball Championships that got underway on Sunday, Father's Day. So uh, we're all looking forward to it. Sit down, get your favorite beverage, get some good snack foods, and let's go watch some baseball. I mean, it just doesn't get any better. 
It just doesn't. It's it, so very much looking forward to it. And don't forget, um, my main man, Raymond Parsh Third is going to heading to Omaha. So RP3 and company will broadcast live from downtown Omaha on Monday morning. Uh, they'll recap what we hope will be LSU's win in game one of the College World Series. If they do win, they'll play Monday at 6 o'clock. If the unfortunate happens and they lose to Tennessee, they would play at 1 o'clock on Monday. But he'll preview all of that. He'll take your phone calls. So uh, get up, get ready, and tune in Monday morning as RP3 and company uh, broadcasting live from Omaha. It's a great little town, and they really do it upright. They really do it upright. Um, Game one taking place as we speak. And it is uh, Oral Roberts with a two-to-one lead over TCU. It is now um, in the bottom of the sixth. Um, Oral Roberts hit a two-run home run. Their their shortstop, McCroskey, uh, took one to right center field. Bang, 375 feet and beyond. Um, cleared the wall. So pictures ballpark. I don't know if you get the good bat on the ball with the power that LSU has that, that, that ballpark's not going to hold that thing in. No, 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 but we'll see still, uh, first game under underway as we speak. Um, the second round of the U S open golf championship from Los Angeles country club is underway. Uh, Wyndham Clark is tied for the lead, a three-way tie. He's at uh, two under par today, eight under par for the tournament. Still waiting on Xander Shoffley and Ricky Fowler, both at eight under to tee off later. Harris English, one stroke back. He's four under for the day, seven under for the tournament. So that's all underway as we speak. Um, Adam Silver. And the NBA has made a ruling on Memphis Grizzlies star guard John Morant. When you think about the draft, Zion Williamson goes number one. Mm, He's had moments, right? But he's been hurt more than he's played, way more hurt than he's played. And John Morant, he has uh, been electrifying, but can't stay out of trouble. He's involved in multiple gun-related incidents that the NBA said you can't do it. And he still did it, and now he's been suspended for 25 games to start the 23-24 season. Um, Man, he was already suspended eight games following a similar incident in March. So because of this, he's going to lose about $7.5 million. He's not going to be eligible for any um, postseason awards. He won't – he will be ineligible to participate in any public league or any team activities, including preseason games. Uh, so he's persona non gratis for 25 games. Um, so going to lose a lot of money. He's not going to get any. Um, let's say he comes back and averages 55 points a game. He hadn't played enough games to win MVP or any kind of other, other kind of award. That's just how the league operates. So, um, the timing kind of, you know, waited till the NBA finals was over. Didn't want to take any attention off of that. Did it before the NBA draft. Didn't want to take any way, uh, any attention to that. 
So did it now, and now is the time, and now you know. And so now Memphis can go on with what they need to do, and uh, the league can go on with what they need to do as well. Uh, the Saints wrapped up uh, another session, their mini camp um, of three days, and now the players are off, and they can do what they want, go vacation, hopefully stay in shape because uh, this season is rapidly approaching, and we certainly hope that this season will be a lot better for the Saints than last season was. Um, with that in mind, one of the big acquisitions, you need some help at running back. Alvin Kamara didn't have that help a year ago, and we still don't know what his, what the NFL's ruling is going to be on him as far as a suspension is concerned. Jamal Williams had a great season a year ago. Saints get him in free agency. Jamal Williams was asked how he and Alvin Kamara, do they complement each other? Almost oh, definitely. I mean, he can do everything already, too. I feel like I do everything, too. So once I get the opportunities, I'm great. That's why I'm grateful to be here, too, is just they give the running backs opportunities to go out there, no matter who it is, if it's Alvin, if it's me, anybody, they give them a chance to go out there, run choices, give them opportunities to get one-on-ones and they go out there and just make plays so but being here with uh, AK is just great that boy is so awesome because it's just so funny that we we got drafted together and all that and just our journey and now seventh year here and now we on the same team so it's just I just think of like how God works in different ways so I'm just blessed to be here grateful to be with a great dude like AK and really just want to go out there and make noise with him man make some noise let's do one more Jamal um Williams soundbite there James I'm always curious as his thoughts. Um, he was asked, have you gotten acclimated to the team? And most importantly, and, and equally as important, to the great city of New Orleans. Oh, it's pretty great around here, honestly. I like it. It's hot. Uh, yeah, it's hot. I'm learning. Since I've been here, I've just been dropping pounds like crazy. But I'm enjoying it. I like the, the humidity. It's pretty good. You know what I mean? I love the seafood part. That's my favorite thing about uh, New Orleans right now. Uh, I can't wait to get on the field so I can start doing my NOLA dances. <laughs> I got a couple of them ready to go. I've been practicing in my house. So other than that, I'm good. I like this guy. Get in the end zone, Jamal, and, and you can dance all you want. Um, Jawan Johnson, is he going to make that at quantum leap at tight end? Is he going to become um, a Derek Carr favorite? Uh, he was asked... You know, last year was a disappointing season. There's no question about that. He was asked, how much better has this team gotten since the end of last season to now? Yeah, we, I mean, we got a lot of new pieces in here, which I think complements uh, the, the players we got, uh, especially at quarterback. You know, we have Derek, and we have, some, we have, we have added some additional pieces that complement him. And I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be really good. He's really comfortable. Uh, like I've said in many interviews before, it feels like he's been here already. Um, and I'm really excited about it. I mean, guys are you know rallying around him. We've got the defense. we all been on camaraderie. Um, I've, I would say this is probably the most uh, intense practice has been uh, since I've been here, um, you know, besides my first year. But other than that, like, guys are getting after it. We're having fun. Um, it's just a lot of fun competing with the defense now. So uh, I'm excited to see what we got. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, they're calling this the most talent-rich college World Series ever. Um, so many high draft picks. Um, 
pick, maybe the top three picks in the draft in Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens from LSU and Florida outfielder Wyatt Langford. Um, and then there's so many others that are in this tournament. Um, man, th this is, uh, is going to be something. Um, back in 2015, uh, the College World Series is the, is the current gold standard, standard. Vanderbilt's Dansby Swanson and LSU's Alex Bregman went 1-2, followed by Arkansas's Andrew Benetendi at number 7 and Vandy's Carson Fulmer at 8. 2008 had four top 10 selections. This one may top it and may blow it out of the out of the water with how many are projected to go in the first round of this draft. So uh, let's wait and see what happens. But the, the next fortnight, um, every fan at Charles Schwab Field could be potentially witnessing college baseball history poised to be the most talent-laden college World Series of all time. How about that? Prospects everywhere. Everywhere. All right, let's take our first time out of our number two when we come back. Time for the king of KLFY, George Faust. Fridays with Faust, next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The community is invited to join the Bayou Vermilion District's Vermilionville as they celebrate their annual Acadiana Culture Day on Sunday, August 15th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. The annual event will feature live music, a parade, art displays, cooking, accordion construction and repair wow wood carving arpen open hearth cooking and other demonstrations man admission is free for more information about acadian culture day call 337-233-4077 that's 337-233-4077 there's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY sports director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're two hours, 42 minutes, and 50 seconds away from first pitch, LSU, Tennessee. How about that, George Faust? Good afternoon, my friend. Good afternoon. Looking forward to it. One of my most uh, favorite times of the year is college baseball. It's, it's, it's when the SEC tournament starts. I used to love covering that when I worked in Mississippi, and yeah. we covered three teams. And then when Omaha hits, it's uh, a college World Series time. Usually I didn't have, ever have a team to pull for, though. <laughs> Ole Miss wasn't there. So. Uh, well, last year was good. Had last the... year was good. No, I'm not going to lie. They had their turn last year, no question about it. LSU trying to keep the SEC streak alive and running. Right now, nope. TCU just scored in the bottom of the sixth, so it's now 2-2 in the seventh. Oral Roberts and TCU. What do you think of LSU? Um, they seem to be peaking at the right time, my friend. Look, look it really, and that's all that really it, it requires to, to get through this, this stretch, this next two weeks. Uh, is yeah. to be the hot team uh, as you head into uh, Omaha. You know, 
Uh, it happens for the Rebels last year when they got to the SEC tournament. It, it, after that, they got in and they just wanted to prove that they can do it. So same idea here. I mean, I think LSU's kind of figured out their uh, their bullpen issues and guys yeah. are stepping up left and right. And, and this is where we expected them to be uh, all year long, right? So it, this isn't anything new. And I think you see in, in some of the reporting from Omaha, they, they're they're pretty they're pretty uh, comfortable in the surroundings, even though for a lot of them it's the first time they've ever experienced it. Uh, and, but and that can that can bode well to be relaxed in that atmosphere. And apparently, apparently they know the secret to hitting balls out of Charles Schwab Field because at batting practice yesterday they were, they were knocking them all over the ball yard. You know, so. Uh, yeah. It's it's uh hopefully that'll that'll continue when the guys are trying to strike them out. <laughs> George Faust with us uh, from KLFY. Our buddy Kevin Foot, who um, hosts a radio show here on our station, he also does a a little work for the Acadiana Advocate. Um, came up with an article and, and the, it raised a question: Was this past school year the best in history? of UL Raging Cajuns Athletics. And I thought, well, you know, I'm going to ask uh, George about that. They had volleyball yep. competing in the postseason for the first time ever. Um, yet the football team's late season surge to make the, the Independence Bowl. Men's basketball qualified for the NCAA tournament. Um, softball reached the Super Regional round. Baseball um, reached the Sunbelt Tournament title game for the second straight year. Um, and they got to the NCAA Coral Gables Regional. Golf won the, the Sun Belt Championship. So when you when you add it all up together, how do you rank this year? Well, I mean, in the in the in the twenty one years I've been in Lafayette and Acadiana, I think it's definitely been the best year uh, with regards to overall athletics. Um, uh-huh. I think uh, I think. So I, I would have to say probably yes to that. That just based on the the amount of success across a broad spectrum of of athletic events, which goes to the the, the phenomenal job that Dr. Brian Maggard's been doing. Uh, to, to and he's always told me, you know, that's the goal, right? We want we want to be in the postseason, yep. competing for national championships, and whatever sport we're we're playing. And that was the case this season. So uh, I think with regards to the broad spectrum of, of, of success across the Cajuns uh, landscape, I think you can't – you can argue it, but I think they got a pretty good case for this year being yeah. the best uh, best year in a, in a very long time. I can't – I'm trying to remember in 21 years, I think – They've never had – they've had like softball and baseball have kind of done some things, but then football wasn't uh, peaking at the, at the right time. But, and then football a couple of years ago with the Sunbelt Championship, that was, that was a great year. Um, yeah. And they've always been competitive, and, 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 but I've, I don't think they've ever achieved that level of success. Now the next step is uh, – there's always a next step. The next step is to go win one of these, right? <laughs> it's a – to yeah. either break down the doors at Omaha or get to Oklahoma City, or uh, I, I right. think it's a uh, basketball getting to the uh, maybe the Sweet Sixteen, elite uh, possibly elite elite eight, but that's going to be a tall task uh, just just because of the, the the way the transfer portal hits you. 
uh, <laughs> in basketball. Yeah. So, but yes, well, I, I'm a, I'm, to answer the question, I'm going to steal. I think, yeah, I'm going to steal from Foot because uh, he said 2013, 2014. It, it's right there with it. They they won a bowl game with a nine win Sun Belt football title season. They reached the Super Regionals in baseball with a number one national ranking late in the regular season. Yeah. Got to the Women's right. College World Series in softball. Uh, yep. Got an NCAA men's basketball automatic berth with a Sun Belt tournament victory, and also yep. won the Sun Belt crown in men's tennis. So to me, that yep. sounds a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. No, look, twenty-four. That was the year that I was in my mind. That was the year that was competing with this year in my head. Um, yeah, I, I, I think uh, obviously tennis didn't didn't uh, live up to that this year, but. Uh, yeah, I, I in my mind that was the, the the year I was thinking in my head. I I didn't read Kevin's article. I just kind of saw it. I didn't get uh-huh. the chance to read it. But but I, the the when the Cajuns were number one in baseball heading into the uh, the postseason, that that's quite the accomplishment. And I knew that the yeah. So there was a lot of success that year. But it's been a, it's, it's been much, a nice run here in the in the two yeah. thousands. And it's much like LSU with what they're accomplishing for Cajun fans, what what the Cajuns accomplished on the field, on the court, whatever it may be, makes you think, man, we we can even do more. It, more things are achievable because we've got yep. the we got the train heading in the right direction. Yeah, look, it, it, it's absolutely the case. I, I mean, I think they might have to. The blueprint is a little different for the Cajuns, right? I mean, especially when it yeah. comes to like football, you got you got to you kind of got to identify a kid that you can train, you can build, and make make better, as opposed yeah. to like when you go to an SEC school and and you can already see get the guys that are that are you know the stud number one recruit type people, the five stars or however you want to classify it. You, it's easier for SEC schools to kind of grab them, but in this day and age, you can grab get somebody quick. So I, it's definitely leaves you a lot to look forward to if you're a Cajun fan and you're you're excited about the. Where I think they they've got coaches in place that that understand how to win and and what it takes and uh, the attitudes right. I mean, you got to have a group of guys that's willing to be selfless. Uh, and girls that are that are willing to play for the name on the front of the chest, not the back, you know. So, right. and right. That, a lot of times that's what the Cajuns have: hardworking kids that uh, that that are worried about Louisiana on the front, not uh, Faust on the back. <laughs> I got you, brother. I got you. And you see all around. You see what McNeese is doing, improving their football locker room. You see Tim Mulkey already got the deal done to improve the women's. Uh, practice facility uh, complex, and where and the Cajuns are doing their part, trying to improve the facilities there. You just need the money, and you you need money for, yep. and that's what's so difficult about this time and and era now, because the hottest thing is people are channeling their money to help in the name, image, and likeness thing, but but all these other foundations need the money to keep up with the Joneses when it comes to facilities. Man, it's a it's a race. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's it's really. I mean, it, it is an interesting time to be an athletic uh, fundraiser, uh, the person that is in charge of that. Because, yeah, you, you, the NIL stuff. I mean, that that should come from. I mean, I don't know exactly how it works, but it seems like you know it comes from private investors as opposed to you know trying to get. I, I don't know the money. 
it's, it seems like it comes from a different spot, but it's all part of the same idea is to push the program forward. And I guess the theory thinking, you know, get get the NIL deal so you get the players to come and then they'll, they'll realize they can make money. But the problem with that is the bigger schools always have the advantage, you know, because they got – they have more more alumni, more more right. bigger pool to pull for. So uh, right. it's a, it's an unfair system, but you know it, it is the system we have right now. So you just kind of got to deal with it until something changes. I, I I don't I don't I don't believe it's going to stay this way forever. That's that's the thing. I think at some point, that, that, I'm not saying they won't have nil deals. I'm just saying there's gonna there's got to be some kind of regulation or some that kind come. of that that'll come down yeah, the pipeline. The S- yeah, the SEC couldn't agree on nine games, so they they play. They're going to still play eight conference games the first year that Oklahoma and Texas join. When you look at LSU's 2024 schedule, they go they, US USC in Las Vegas. Then they they get their rent a win game against Nichols. Then they get UCLA, <laughs> um, South Alabama. That's another rent a win. But I mean, yeah. Arkansas, Florida. Alabama comes to Tiger Stadium, followed by Oklahoma, and Oklahoma comes to Tiger Stadium. Ole Miss comes to Tiger Stadium. I mean, yeah. golly, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Texas A&M. Everybody says, who's got the toughest schedule? There are no easy schedules in that league. None. No, not at all. I mean, look, even if you had Vandy and Kentucky the whole time, or Vandy and South Carolina as your uh, uh, all-time opponents, it, it, Every once in a while, those teams sneak up and, and get the best kid in South Carolina or the best kid in Tennessee, you know, and, and they surprise you. So, yeah, the, the, the worst SEC team is better than many middle, middle teams in other conferences, and, and that's just the way it is right now. SEC football is, is, is the NFL's breeding ground. It's the minor league for NFL. It is. It really is. It really is. <laughs> All right, um, we do predictions after you, so I'm going to ask you, um, LSU, Tennessee, who you got Saturday? What's what's it going to be? I, I think LSU takes it. I, I mean, schemes. You got he's he's just a, he, if you don't ride with so him, you're, you're nuts, right? I mean, he's so you got, good. You got to You got He's just been amazing in the postseason, and you you can't you don't. He, he's one of those guys that 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 just he wants the ball in the big moment. And and so yeah. let him have it, and let's get that first win, and then you can play it out from there. Wake Forest or Stanford next, and and you see what happens. If you got to do, if you, you got to go committee to get that second win, do it. You know, uh, but uh, worry about that after you beat Tennessee. I here's what I think is crazy is in, in in the draft coming up. I, I know. You know, schemes and crews could be one, two, maybe. I don't know. That, yeah. that, right? I mean, that's a possibility. They call, they're, they're calling this the most talent-rich College World Series ever. Mm. You're going to have five, wow. six, maybe seven first-round picks in this thing. Crazy. Yeah. It's, it, it, Crazy. it's amazing. I, 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 I said this from the start, Jordy, and I think we've talked about it numerous times on here, but, but – the way LSU attacks the baseball, I think I think I don't I, I I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that we haven't seen offensive power at the at the College World Series. Um, I was going to say of the caliber of the caliber of LSU since they moved it to, to uh, Charles Schwab. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say LSU, the same. If, 
if they're saying what they like, everybody was talking about how they're they, they were knocking balls all over the uh, field in batting practice yesterday. I uh, mean, if they if they can do that, because that's been the big knock on those fields. It, it, there's no home runs. Yeah. You can't hit enough. Yeah. You know, whatever. I think the way LSU has been swinging the bats the whole year, they attack the baseball in just a dominant fashion, and they consistently do it. If they do that in Omaha, I think it's lights out. Well, let's see. I think they're going to surprise some people. Everybody calls it a pitcher's ballpark. LSU's going to take right. that out of the equation. I think I think they're going to be able to hit it out of the park as well. So we shall see. George Faust. Have yourself a fabulous Friday and a weekend, man. Thank you as always, my friend. All right. Sounds good, Jordy. Look forward to talking to you again. You got it, my friend. George Faust from KLFY. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. One last reminder, LSU, Tennessee, College World Series, Saturday night. You'll catch all the action live right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Pre-game begins at 5.30. First pitch from Charles Schwab Field is set for 6. That's live LSU baseball from the College World Series on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It is 37 minutes after the hour. Favorite day of the week, Greg, favorite segment of the week. James Mesh back in the Evco Development Studios, and we welcome in my buddy George Becknell. I don't know. He might be in Omaha. Who knows? George, good afternoon. George? I'm sorry. I'm on mute. Good afternoon. Oh, How you doing? Man, you're on mute. <laughs> oh, boy, boy. I know you're watching golf or you're watching the College World Series. I know you're busy. How you doing, man? Man, I'm fantastic, brother. How you feeling? What you yeah, what you gonna be doing tomorrow around six o'clock? Tomorrow around six o'clock, I think you know what I'm gonna be doing. I'm gonna be watching a little, a little college baseball, man. I'm gonna be watching my Tigers in their in their second home stadium. You know, I don't know what it is about baseball this time of the year. If LSU's in the College World Series, man, my, I, I can't wait to watch it. I love it. I love it. Oh, absolutely, man. Some of my, some of my earliest childhood memories, man. I, LSU in the College World Series, man, watching it with my dad. So, you know, it's all it always gives me goosebumps, man. Oh, uh, that Warren Morris home run still. I was there. I, I, I can't yeah. Oh my God. I was Dude, there in not in tears when you saw that. I I I was jumping up and down like a little school kid. It was amazing. <laughs> it was absolutely I amazing. I bet. Joe Dean Joe Dean was the athlete. He came and hugged me. Um That's awesome. Skip Burtman kissed me. Uh, it was great. It was great. That's awesome. I got to ask both of you guys. You both, you both of y'all played sports in your life. Um, sure. To me, baseball was the hardest sport sport for me to be good at. I could throw it. I could field it. Man, I couldn't hit it worth a dang. I was terrible. Um, 
I was better at golf than baseball. That was the hardest sport for me. What was, George, what was the hardest sport for you? Jordan, it was, was actually funny is I was better at baseball than any of the other sports. I, I felt like I could feel better. I could feel well. I could hit the ball well. I had a power bat. But somehow I, I was just in love with basketball and being a 5'10 power forward playing against NBA talent, I, that was pretty difficult for me. Uh, I wish I could get rid of the U-Highs and the White Castles of the world. But uh, I think that was probably the most difficult thing I ever did. James Mesh, what about you? I mean, for my first seven years of playing sports, I had played baseball, and it was like I kind of noticed even when I played basketball, like basketball came a little bit easier to me. Football came a little bit easier to me. Even tennis came a little bit easier to me. But it's like baseball, it's like as soon as I stopped practicing or not doing it as much, I noticed like the gap becomes so much for me, especially since I was never great at hitting and then not practicing it. Once you got to 10, 11, it was like, dude, you're done. You better hope that you get hit by a pitch because I could run the bases easy. I could feel it okay, but it was like trying to hit. Ooh, that was a struggle. And even like doing it nowadays, hitting a softball, it's a little easier, but then like switching to like a baseball or tennis ball, it's like, it's it's tough. You, You take for granted how hard it is for outfielders yeah. that ball coming and it's it's moving all cr- mm-hmm. man it's not easy now i was a pitcher uh but i had a no excuses guy threw my arm out he tried to teach me all these pictures i was a kid tried and i pitched and i pitched and i pitched and i pitched and, I pitched and my arm w- went dead i said man this nah, this is no fun all right with that in I, mind i think the, i think the decision for you to play basketball was a good one I'm it just worked saying. out it worked out pretty good um <laughs> I wasn't going to be Paul. I wasn't going to throw 102 like Paul Skeen. So are you betting against the the, the workhorse tomorrow against Tennessee or you got Skeens going, taking care of business? Oh, Skeens is absolutely taking care of business. Like, I, I I didn't look at his record, but it's pretty damn good probably. Like, every I feel like every time he's on the hill, LSU wins. So there's no doubt in my mind they're going to win game one. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good to say to say the least. All right, James Mesh, your thoughts on game one. I mean, Tennessee at this point, it's a really good team. I mean, you got the Elite Eight at this point. But, I mean, how can you bet against LSU? They're riding high. They've been doing it ever yeah. since the SEC tournament. No, I, I can't bet against Paul Skeens. The only way you get Skeens is if you get him early. Uh, so if LSU can um, just – Take care of business early on. Let Skeen settle in. Uh, I, gee whiz. I, I, I'm with all of y'all. Uh, Skeen's I, I like 12 his and chances, two. which would set up a very interesting game, too, on Monday, either um, either Stanford or Wake Forest. Um, we'll see. But, man, there's not an easy out in this thing for <laughs> sure. All right, we got to get to the – we got to get to the story that George wants to talk about, and I got to get his opinion. All right. Buzz is out there, George, about the Pels wanting to move up in the draft. Are the Pels going to trade, try to make a deal and get Zion Williamson out of town and try and get Scoot Henderson, um, the guard from Ignite, uh, the G G League in the NBA at the number two spot or number three spot? Do you think they want to do that? you think they're going to do that? Jordan, I I would like for them to move on from Zion, but the realistic – the realistic truth is it's too much noise around Zion right now, and you're not going to get what you want in terms of compensation. The guy hasn't been available yet. When he plays, he's he's really good, 
but availability is the best ability, and the and the Pelicans won't get enough value for Zion. So it might be in their best interest to hope that something else happens because I don't think they're going to get a, a top three draft pick for Zion, just in my opinion. So I, I think they hold on to him. Okay. All right. Uh, James Mesh, what do you think about that? I mean, this has been interesting. I would – I would rather trade Zion. I understand why David Griffin wouldn't. Same thing with what George said, but also, I mean, he was the one who took him. And it's like if you get rid of him and trade him away at 22 years old, you kind of admit, like, I messed up drafting him number one overall instead of taking yeah. someone else. Yeah. 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 I, I had well, seen that. Well, the other choice was drop, was John Morant. So that's, that's <laughs> right. not painting on well either. Like the, 29, draft. the 2019 draft is cooked. But I'm telling you. But here's the thing now. What if you're David Griffin and you get rid of Zion and all of a sudden Zion becomes healthy mm-hmm. and then for the next 10 years Zion is the face of the league and he's getting you 25, 26 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, four or five assists, and whoever he's playing for is going to the playoffs. I mean, that's Woo! that's that's the thing. is It feels like it's you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you if you That's keep right. him, it feels like he's just always going to be injury-ridden. But then if you get rid of him, it feels like he's going to all of a sudden be healthy and injuries are off like on 2K or Madden, and you never have to worry about it ever again. He's a top-five player in, the, like you said, the face of the yeah. league. It just feels like either you way, better. it's a lose-lose situation for the Pelicans. Yeah. Okay, George Becknell, um, why why did the Pels all of a sudden cut ties with Teresa Witherspoon? I thought, and I thought she was beloved. I thought they thought she, was, she hung the moon. That was Zion's confidant. Maybe David Griffin got jealous that he kept going to her instead of coming to them, the front office. What do you think? Well, Jordan, I mean, but I, I saw that and I thought that was odd because I don't think they they should get rid of Zion. So if if they cutting ties with Teresa Witherspoon, maybe that's a that's an indication that their intention is to get rid of Zion. Um, I've been kind of back and forth on that, but, but never, yeah, this it's never simple with the Pels nah, in the world. It's th- never drop simple. in that camp, man. I, I, I let don't me know. ask you. Let me ask you both this: You keep Zion. What if all of a sudden, whoever has the second pick or third pick, whatever, says uh, we'll make the deal with you? Give us Brandon Ingram. Would you do that deal for the point guard, Scoot Henderson? George, I would, I, you would I, I not. Wouldn't, I, no, um, because unless unless you can get that kid from France, there's no way I'm giving up Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. No, no, for, no, 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 no. You're keeping oh. Zion. You okay. keep Zion, but the but to get the second or third pick, they want Brandon Ingram. So you keep Zion. You trade Ingram. You get Scoot Henderson. Would you do that deal? I would do that deal. I would do that deal. I, I think I think I absolutely do that deal because don't get me wrong. While I love Brandon Ingram and Brandon Ingram is a walking bucket, I think without another star, the Pelicans are they've hit their ceiling. I don't think Brandon Ingram's enough as a franchise player for you to win the title, and that's the whole point. So if you can if you can make your franchise better, get you get you a franchise point guard, and and and, and be on the up and up. Yeah, I'm willing to part ways with Brandon Ingram for that. Exactly. I'd, I'd be willing to part ways with Zion if they give it to, if they if they give us the third pick for Zion. Okay, James, what do you think? I mean, it would make a lot of sense, but I've 
I just believe that B.I. is more of a well-rounded player and someone that you can build around. So it's like, I think he's more of a leader than Zion. So if you're getting rid of more of your leader guy, because I think CJ can only do so much, then you're kind of having to reset and be like, okay, well, who's going to be the alpha here? Because I don't think it's going to be Zion. Zion just doesn't feel like he has that mentality to do that. I think they're going to run it back with the same two. I think uh, maybe they try and get a, uh, they, they got to get a point guard. Uh, they got to get somebody. Um, yep. And, and we'll see what they do. But um, I don't know if they're going to get rid of either one up, to be honest with you. I think they're going to run it back and hope for the best because of what I said. If, if, if you trade them and all of a sudden they becomes, you know, they, they stay healthy and they do all the things they do. But look, Pels have given him every opportunity. They've done, they've, they have bent over backwards for this guy. And I don't know what else it's going to take. I don't I mean, they gave him all the money in the world and he hadn't proven anything. So that's crazy. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Saints had their mini camp guys. Um, how optimistic are you that Derek Carr and these Saints are going to be the NFC NFC South champs and uh, get into the playoffs and maybe make some noise this year, George? Well, I'm, I'm very optimistic that they win the NFC South and they make some noise in the playoffs. Realistically, the division is terrible. So they're, they're the best team. I think I don't even really think it's close. So you win the division, you guarantee the home game, and you and I both know that Dome and big games is rocking. They're realistically getting to the second round at minimal. So I think I'm very optimistic about that. Once you get deep in the playoffs, you make plays look like Michael Thomas is healthy, hopefully, and uh, you got enough weapons on offense to where you never know what can happen. The defense is really, really good. Once you get in the second round of the playoffs, anything can happen. So I'm very optimistic. I want that kid Renfro from um from Hunter Renfro. I want him from Vegas. Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. James Mesh. I want Hunter Renfro. Do you want to get him? I mean, the more receivers, the better. You I mean, you don't you you practically have a big four at that point. Yeah, he yeah. catches everything. Mm-hmm. Catches he everything. Also I like him. He worked with go he, get him. He's the go same thing with it. a with a Foster Moreau. Like just go get more Raiders, I guess. Yeah, why not? Well, he's like Lance Moore. Think about when the Saints Thank were really, you. really good. He's Thank Lance you. Lance Moore. You got, Super Bowl you got champion. Marcus Colston in, in, yep. in Michael Thomas. Debra Henderson. Debra Henderson in Olave. And, yeah. and, and, and Shahid is Meacham. You, you, you've, you've, been got watching this, you've been listening to this show, man. We got, I just talked about that earlier in the week. That, and, you're absolutely man, you, right. Okay. You've been my favorite sports guy for about 30 years, Jordan. Oh, my God. Checks in the mail. All right, listen, you both, I got you free tickets, but you could only go to one game in 2024 in Tiger Stadium. And I got two choices for you. You can either go to LSU versus Alabama or LSU versus Oklahoma. James Mesh, what free tickets do you want? LSU-Bama. I think there's, there's, there's no case for this. I mean, come on. LSU versus Bama. This is a. It's not like a. Ain't seen Oklahoma though. uh, We'll see that in the future. This is this is this is a spectacle every year. Okay, George, Bama or Oklahoma? Jordy, Oklahoma, in my opinion, in twenty twenty four, is still going to be a Big Twelve school. I don't know when (laughs) last time LSU lost a Big Twelve school outside of that bowl game where Kirkland started at quarterback. So give me 
give me Alabama. That's going to be the game okay. that get everybody's juices flowing. All right. And, and I don't I'm see LSU you. losing against Alabama for the next four or five years. I'm with you. All right, go get your favorite cold beverage. Get your favorite snacks, uh, wings, burgers, dogs, whatever it be. Six o'clock tomorrow, baby. Have it on. Let's go. Let's go. George, thank you. James, thank you. We're back to wrap it all up. Very special birthday wish to, I didn't think he's going to be this good, but he might be the best at his position in the sport. And he's an ex-Tiger next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And our great partners like ShopRite, Tobacco Plus, Discount Outlets, Ducks, Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, Mandeville, the Louisiana Lottery, PC's Little Capital Exxon, and my Cajun Shop. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, time to wrap all this up into a nice little bow and send us into the weekend. What a fun, fun show. Thanks to Bill Franquez live in Omaha. Anthony Renato uh, talking LSU baseball, member of the 2009 National Championship Club. George Faust, all things Acadiana, George Becknell, and James Mesh as well. Um, if today is your birthday, June 16th, uh, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share it with, golly, he's 24 years old. I thought he'd be good. Didn't think he'd be this good. Might be the best at his position in his sport. The wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, Justin Jefferson, 24 years young today. What a player. God, what a player. And what a team. Burrow. Chase. Jefferson, geesh. I mean, it 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 won't get better than that. It, somebody may come close to it, equal it. It ain't never going to get better than that, for sure. Um, the game, LSU baseball, Saturday, first uh, pregame show, 5.30, first pitch, 6 o'clock. Tune in. James Mesh, thank you. Thanks to all of you for listening in. Thanks to our partners that make it possible. Hope everybody has a fabulous Friday and even better weekend. Until next time, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another, and please be happy. Coming up next, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Until next time, let's go, Tigers! See you next time.